Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast. Each week, join Eric Traxler and Carolyn Ford to explore the latest in government cybersecurity news and trending topics. Now, let's get to the point. Hi, everyone. Welcome to To The Point Cybersecurity. I'm Carolyn Ford, joined by my co-host, Eric Trexler. Hi, Eric. Hi, Carolyn. I'm actually at the beach this week. I got out of the house finally. I'm jealous. Well, today, Eric, we have Dr. Barry West, and he's the founder and CEO of West Wing Advisory Services, a cybersecurity cloud and IT consultancy. And prior to West Wing, Dr. West also served as the senior advisor and senior accountable official for risk management for the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. He is a career technologist with over 30 years in the information technology field. And Dr. West's experience include being the CIO of five different government organizations. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. West. Oh, good morning. Thank you, Carolyn and Eric, for having me uh, on this morning. Yeah, so today we want to talk about the recent FISMA report. And to kick it off for, for listeners like me, um, will you give us just a 30-second summary of what the FISMA report is? Sure. Well, let's. Uh, I think a little history is needed here first. Um, and we can actually thank a local uh, con- retired congressman by the name of Congressman Tom Davis, who many of you may remember. He uh, was the uh, chair of the Government Reform Committee uh, prior to his stepping down from Congress. But Tom just happens to be a friend of mine as well. Tom was really the father of FISMA, and this this really was driven by uh, Congress uh, back in the early 2000s. Uh, FISMA really came about the Federal Information Security Management Act uh, in 2002 uh, is really when it was created. And basically, it was a requirement uh, for federal agencies to develop, document, and implement an information security and protection program. And from that came uh, yearly reporting, you know, uh, and, you know, that that was like, okay, we've got all these great things about security. How are we going to report those to Congress to make sure that performance metrics are being met, that we are getting the proper oversight, the proper attention for all of our agencies, no matter how big, maybe the, even the very small agencies of 10 people or less, way up to DOD. Uh, you know, VA, Department of Homeland Security, and so on. So that's really, Carolyn, in a nutshell, how this whole FISMA reporting came about. It was, you know, Congress wanting to have something that they could provide oversight. They worked very closely with OMB. So obviously, the report goes to OMB first, who then, you know, um, uh, sends this uh, to the appropriate channels in Congress. But OMB OMB is really providing the uh, the Oversight Office of Management and Budget uh, for this uh, yearly process. And is it specific to cybersecurity? Well, it gets into some other areas, uh, such as uh, privacy and, and other areas. You, you could really group this all under uh, information security because it's dealing not only with the Internet, but it's dealing with privacy. It's dealing with data protection. It's dealing with availability, um, you know, uh, integrity and confidentiality as as well. So it's really taking into account all of those factors around information security. The report is 137 pages long. I I mean, it's a long one. 
It's, I've never, I didn't know it existed until we decided to do this podcast. And um, so most of the bulk of the report is the agency's report cards. And what, what are they grading them on? What's the criteria? Yeah, so they have certain uh, measurements, and I don't have those uh, right here in front of me, but they have certain areas that they're actually measured on, um, you know, dealing with everything from, you know, have you done your risk assessment? You know, have you, for new systems that are brought on board that affect the, the uh, perimeter of your network or your organization, have you done the necessarily uh, certifications and accreditations uh, for those systems? Uh, do you have proper um, training that's that's now in place to perform your yearly training? Uh, what percentage of people uh, in your organization completed the training? Uh, also, that may be the yearly security training. Do new employees get the training? Uh, how is privacy being held or uh, how is privacy being accomplished? Uh, if you have a break-in, if you have, uh, if you are compromised, do you have an identity theft task force that's in place to make decisions about credit monitoring, about providing uh, credit uh, monitoring services? Should we write a letter to all infected employees? These are really tough decisions. So these are, they try to get what they can out of a yearly report to kind of get a synopsis of all of the things that have happened over the past year. And, and use some of the criteria with these questions to try to really get a good feel. You know, have, have, have you had a breach? Was the breach reported in the first hour that occurred? Uh, was any data, was anything taken? You know, it really gets, it, it, it gets into some of those, but to be honest, I don't have those uh, specific questions in front of me right now, Carolyn, yeah. to give you a better feel. Is it government agencies only and like every yes. government agency has to yes. do this? Yes. No Jay supply million. chain? I don't, yeah. th I don't think it includes the IC or DOD, right, right Dr. Um, Rust? You know, I don't think uh, right now, I think you're right. I'm not sure if they're, if, because they do have the, uh, they, have, they, they do have some different criteria, Eric, in the DOD. Uh, they're using the NICAP and some of the other various uh, um, guidelines. So uh, I'm not quite sure if DOD has been brought in under the umbrella. They weren't early on, uh, but I know all hundred maybe 200 by now federal agencies. I, I don't know how many they may be looking, 140 maybe. Um, but um, it's big and small. It's your small agencies. It may only be a handful of people clear up to, you know, all your major CFO act agencies. This report says that the breaches are down by 8%. That surprised me, to be honest, because I thought breaches are up. Now, it's it's important to note that this report came out pre-COVID, but even pre-COVID, I didn't think breaches were down anywhere. So is that, what do you think about that? Uh, I, well, when I first saw it, it was like, how can that be? Um, yeah, I agree. You know, we, we keep bringing on more and more devices, okay? And the, the bad guys and bad people that are out there doing these uh, intrusions uh, into our systems, you know, compromising our systems, they're, they're getting smarter and the number of devices keeps increasing. So I found it very interesting that we're showing 8% down when all other things are, are showing that, you know, 
we keep getting compromised more and more, then it's not about if you're going to be compromised, but it's when. Mm -hmm. So I found it very striking to see that it was down by 8%. Uh, If anything, I thought it would have been up. Um, Like the rest of the industry, like the rest of everybody else. I mean, everything's pretty much up. You may see different categories um, that that go up and down. Fishing attacks were down, which I mean, that's across the board. Fishing attacks are up. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the, if if you look at the Verizon data breach report, just one authoritative source, right? Fishing, social phishing attacks are number two mm-hmm. on their list of top threat actions in 2020. Or, or I guess their report was 2019. It's the 2020 report. And the government's the exact opposite. You, you've got to think they're missing something. Yeah. Yeah. Are they asking the right questions? Are they, well, that, that could very well be, Carolyn. I mean, if, if, if the fishing is, is down, um, how, you know, is, is it down because, you know, we're doing better training? Are we, are, are we doing less uh, checking on fishing attempts that maybe, you know, somebody does something and we don't know that it's happened? Um, so, yeah, are, are we asking all the right questions? Are we getting into the level of detail that's really needed to say that we're down. I mean, that that's where it, it you know, the, the rubber meets the road. Do we, are we really asking the right number of questions and are we getting all of the detailed data in a typical system and how subjective is this? You know, when, when, right. when you're going through and you're filling this FISMA report out, are you just checking the box? How much auditing is done to come back and actually look uh, is is GAO getting involved? Is the is the IG for that agency checking to make sure you know they may be signing off on this as well? I think when the report does go up, they actually do a review. The Inspector General, how thorough is that review, and how much time are they taking uh, to really verify a lot of this? So when you when you look at the report, there's a there's a figure one top five risk and vulnerability assessment findings in 2019, spear phishing weakness, patch management, admin password reuse, insecure default configuration, weak password policy are all in there. And and they do correlate pretty tightly with the Verizon data breach report on, you know, the major areas of risk that have grown up, that have increased from 18 to 19 misconfiguration alone, according to Verizon, went from 20% to over 40, 45%, right? So there is a correlation there, but I agree with you. Like, how is the, how is the civilian government the only vertical in the world, if we want to call it a vertical, that's actually seeing a decrease and a pretty significant one, 8%. That's a pretty significant decrease. Yeah. Well, yeah. Are, is it a self-reported report? Do the it agencies? Is. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. So there's no auditing from FISMA? Well, I mean, they can only do so. I mean, with the, you got to remember, OMB is a small organization. Yeah. I mean, they, they do not have the staff uh, to be out. Uh, monitoring this. I mean, they're, they're a bare bones staff of people, um, but they, they do rely a lot on the IG. But again, I don't know how much the inspector general for each specific agency, how, how deeply engaged they've been in verifying these numbers. So what do you think the danger of like this false sense of 
Well, if, if I'm an agency head and I, you know, and I see this, you know, ultimately the agency head is responsible. If you go back to um, the, uh, the, the, the current Trump administration's uh, cybersecurity executive order, uh, EO13800 that came out in 2017, uh, it specifically calls out the agency head as that person being in charge of cyber for each agency. If mm-hmm. I'm seeing this, I'm saying, wow. I've got all the funding I need. Everything seems to be going pretty good here. Uh, our incidents are down. So now I need to maybe focus on other areas. I, I can kind of take my eye off cyber for a little bit or, you know, if, if, if you will, because things are down. Things are good. I mean, that's that's would be the impression I'm getting if I'm the agency head right now. So if I'm looking at this, knowing what I know about the industry, I'm saying, what else are we missing? What, you know, what else is out there? that we're not, that we're missing if we're misreporting or I suspect we're misreporting, right? Now mm-hmm. I start digging in more. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. who starts digging in? Well, I mean, if I'm running an agency, mm-hmm. I would go back and look for additional, a, additional details around the report data, right? Yeah, but, but I would you- ask the question, how are we doing better than the entire industry as a whole? What are we doing to make ourselves so good? Is it a reporting issue or are we actually that much better off? Now, I agree. The agencies as a whole with the different programs out there, they've made progress. But as uh, as, as Bruce uh, Schneier would say, you know, we're getting better, but we're getting worse faster. That applies to the whole industry. And I just don't see the civilian government, not across the board, but in a large number here, being better. Well, like, and what you better said, better than Eric, everybody. And I would hope that, you know, the, the CISO or whoever's in charge of this report would go back and ask, okay, why are our numbers better and start digging in? But I'm going to go with what Dr. West just said that maybe there's this false sense of security and they move on and move and like shift budget to other things because they think, Oh, we're doing great. We're just going to stay with the status quo. Mm -hmm. Well, the other, the other, the other thing I've noticed or the trend, yeah, Dr. West, I don't think they work together necessarily as they're filling out the the report, right? Energy's not working with NASA with anyone else, right? Oh no. No, So how do how do a large number of government agencies all come up independently with we're doing better? Yeah. Like that's another, that's another data point you just want to tear into and look, you know, yeah. is the test asking the wrong questions as you were asking Carolyn? Mm-hmm. Is something else going on or, you know, are we doing better in the areas where the test is asking us about? Yeah. And, you know, basically they get all these reports in and then OMB actually goes through and, you know, synopsizes what they have. And, you know, I, I don't know what level they go to, um, how they come up with percent. You know, is this just a staffer that's typing in the percentages uh, on certain, uh, you know, in, in this case, eight percent down on uh, attacks? Um, are they just going into that area of the report? And comparing it to last year's. Is it 8% down on attacks or 8% down on breaches? Uh, it actually, I think the, um, let's see how, what was the. Uh, the data point was cybersecurity incidents, incidents, which to me uh, means 
a reporting issue. There, there's, yeah. you know, if you, if you look at some of the articles that were put out, it appears that the attacks were up. Yeah. Yeah. So now is it a reporting like 28,581 incidents reported in fiscal 19, just three were considered major as they resulted in the mishandling of personally identifiable information. They all occurred within department of Homeland security. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, that's the other thing. Uh, how are you differentiating between the major and the minor incidents? Um, you know, what criteria are you using? Uh, is it just those that are being reported to the CERT at DHS? Uh, you know, agencies have one hour to report any major incidents, such as a PII uh, vulnerability, where you know someone's personally identifiable information is uh, is, is 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 taken uh, to you know a major attack on a system. So they are they are required to report those. But again. Um, it, it's to are, are we are we looking at the right things? Are we are we are we being fair across all agencies and how that we're we're accumulating this data and how we're defining incidents and uh, trying to come up with this uh, in the end? Yeah, there's the old saying in the industry, you know, they're the people who have been hacked and the people who don't know they've been hacked. Mm -hmm. The government's basically saying we got this one licked. In my opinion. Yeah. From, yeah. from what I've read and I've, I've read through the report and it just blows my mind. Like that, it, where are the checks and balances? I mean, somebody should be inspecting this in my opinion. Well, yeah. yeah that, and that would typically be a GAO, uh, government accountability office would be, um, you know, the ones that would actually come in uh, to really take a hard look at this since, you know, right now the agency heads already signed off on this. Uh, the CIO has signed off on it. The IG typically has re has looked at this, you hope, in each agency before it was sent up. So really, it then comes down to either a GAO or OMB coming back and saying, hey, uh, we really want to look at these numbers a little closer to make sure that we're, all, we're, we're, we're using the right metrics in, so, in, in doing this. Yeah. What do we what do we need to be able to do that? <laughs> money <laughs> um well you need somebody that feels it's there's a need you need somebody that's gonna you know um make that case known and put the resources that's needed to to look at that um you know otherwise it's they got a lot of things going on right now in government uh especially around covid so um they, there's a lot going on right now so it's it's a matter of getting this uh, at an elevated level where they feel it's important. That's a good question though, Carolyn. What happens in the time of COVID? How do things yeah. change? Yeah. So we're, time's beaten us, Eric. Have you got one more question for Dr. West? Yeah, so so, so Dr. West, you were a CIO of a number of agencies. You know, yeah. how, would, how would you approach FISMA? It's been around, you said, since 2002. So that was during yeah. your time frame. I mean, is, is it a help? Does it, does it force your teams to do the right behaviors and make sure that they're crossing the T's and dotting the I's or is it more of a, you know, okay, check the box. We've, and I'm not suggesting that anybody just wants to check the box and move on, but is it helpful or is it more of just paperwork? You know, um, it's both. <laughs> uh, if that makes sense. Um, I did find it somewhat helpful because it really showed me where I may have had some gaps in the various categories of how they grade the FISMA report. And again, I don't have the categories in front of me, but it's like eight or 10 
different areas that that they're really focusing on. So from that perspective, it really made me, you know, look and come back to it. But I also, in the end, also felt like it was a big paperwork exercise that I had to dedicate each year to the staff. And I had to go through, a you know, this process of getting in front of the agency head, the secretary, who's very busy. And, and most of them, you know, now I know things have changed, especially with the cybersecurity executive order. Some of them didn't even care about cyber or information security. But that, I think, has changed. I think it's changed quite a bit over the last five years. Uh, but it was trying to grease the skids, get in front of them, walk them through the report of what they're actually signing. And, and you know, it just I just felt like it became more of a large paperwork exercise in the end where, okay. you know, things like continuous monitoring and some of the other things that we've been working on now for, what, five, six, seven years, you would think some of that would take this into consideration and that we could be doing some automated reporting uh, through a lot of our continuous uh, monitoring diagnostics efforts, in my mind, because of the amount of money that's went into that program. Well, right. And the report talks about some of the benefits of Einstein and, and the CDM program and everything else. So I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm more familiar with the CCRIs, the, the uh, Cyber Capabilities Readiness Inspection, I believe it is, yes. CCRI and the DOD yep. side. Which is is it's it's definitely more granular. That's at the program or the application level. You know, they're going through and looking at a checklist essentially. But it does drive things like up to date patching, right? Yeah. A little bit different. But it's an external audit auditor from DISA. Uh, it might be Cyber Command now. I think it's still DISA though. Uh, but I, I love the idea of the external auditor coming in. This just feels like nobody's necessarily digging into the details, right? The government's the biggest target out there. I can't imagine three incidents is, is really what we have. Three major incidents, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the correction. You're right. Three majors, which weren't even that major. Right. Like OPM a couple of years ago was a major incident. Yeah. We breached a couple million records to a contractor that never got further than that. Mm. Okay, maybe that's major, but I can think of worse. I don't know, Carolyn. Or I'm feeling unsettled. I'm not going to lie. Like, it just seems like a really big problem. And I, you know, I want, I want a throat to choke, Eric. I want to know who's in charge. <laughs> Nobody's touching that one. No one's, no one is touching that one today. There is no throat to choke, but hopefully- It, it all starts uh, at the top, Carolyn. It all starts at the top. Mm, you said it, Dr. West. <laughs> Nobody's touching that one, but we, I think we do need to figure out, you know, where the breaches have occurred. I mean, we, yeah. we know there are breaches out there. I think we've got to look at that a little more honestly in many cases. Um, sounds like we're, we're going, we're, we're making some progress though. And CDM, I do believe, will provide that automated reporting to some extent, if that helps you sleep better tonight. I don't know. I don't know. But thank you very much, Dr. West, for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. Very good topic. Uh, and I, I, I love these type of discussions uh, because I'm passionate about this. I've been involved in it for so many years and uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you. No, this is great. Thank you. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners for joining us on To The Point Cybersecurity. Until next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the To The Point Cybersecurity Podcast, brought to you by Forcepoint. 
For more information and show notes from today's episode, please visit www.forcepoint.com slash govpodcast. And don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. 